Welcome to the Black Mind Garden, the podcast that helps you remap your mind and retrain your brain and be more flexible and fluent in your life. This podcast is about planting new seeds that help you remap your mind so that you can master your inner voice, expand your listening and communication, and produce unimaginable results in your life. I am your host, Dr. Maisha. Hey, have you ever thought about learning NLP or hypnosis or even being a coach? Even if you simply learn the skills of coaching, it could come in handy everywhere and in every area of your life. Our mind remapping NLP coach training will give you mastery over language, helping you to improve your confidence, communication, coaching, and leadership. So if you're committed to removing unconscious blocks so you can consciously elevate your performance in every area of life, join our next training. Schedule and training interest call at remapmymind.today. That's remapmymind.today. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Black Mind Garden where we are remapping minds so you can create a life you design. I am so excited. You all know that most of my podcasts of late have been solo podcasts. So I'm always excited to be able to talk with another person and have a guest to have, you know, very deep and stimulating conversation about things that we really need to be talking about in our community. So I'm excited to introduce to you Lynn Sturdivant. He is the relationship coach professional and he focuses on relationship coaching with couples. So I'm excited to have you on today. Thank you. This has been a long time coming. We've been bouncing back and forth, got a chance to talk a little bit before and finally, finally get to have you on the show. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. I am excited. This is, this is my time of year. So, you know, from November through February is breakup season. So there's, it's, it's like unusually high to start the season off. So Mm -hmm. like, yeah, breakups are, but it's also cataclysmic because you got cuffing season and breakup season at the same time. So it's, it's it's really crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess this is why this is the perfect time to do this show right? With perfect timing. We didn't plan it like this, but it's perfect timing, right? I'd like to the listeners to get up to know you a little bit and how you decided to become a relationship coach. And I have to say, by the way, just as an aside, it is so wonderful to see a Black male therapist because I think that you, you all are in short supply and- we need more, we, you know, we need more black therapists in general, but particularly I'm seeing a growth in black male therapists, but it needs to be brought to the forefront even more because, you know, our community needs to be doing the deep work. And as we're going to be talking about in just a moment, the relationship between black men and black women has some healing to be done. With that mm-hmm. said, tell us a little bit about you and, and how you ended up in this field. Well, started off undergraduate psychology, North Carolina Central, got through that, had a big, long corporate run. And mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to school and went back, got my master's. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That this time my daughter's off my payroll. 
<laughs> so like, okay, so hey, let's 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 see if we can run this thing all the way to the top. So mm-hmm. got into Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. marriage and family therapy, the PhD program, and my dissertations on narcissism. Mm-hmm. And of course, everybody in my space <laughs> fits the bill. And I didn't realize that until my look, for instance, my program director had been married not once, not twice, but thrice. Mm. Okay. Divorced twice, married. Program director. Mm-hmm. Black man. Mm-hmm. So what I've noticed about people who are into narcissism, they practice nepotism. They bring on other folks who are like-minded. Mm-hmm. So nobody wanted me to do my dissertation. And got through prelims, got to doctoral candidate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we, we need to talk about your graduation. Interesting. Why? Now, in the country, people who have my training, marriage and family therapy, PhD, there are about mm, maybe 10 black men in the mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. with a PhD in marriage and family therapy. That's saying a lot right there. So, and I, I, I can put my hands on like three of them. Uh, the other ones, they, they're not doing marriage and family therapy. They've gone into other areas. Mm-hmm. So in terms of being like hardcore in the paint, I'm, I'm one, I know Corey out in Minnesota doing his thing. But yeah, it's 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 rare. And and it's rare because you, you know, this is a woman dominated field. Now, marriage and family therapy is super dominated by white women. You know, every mm-hmm. conference I went to, it's like <laughs> we find it, you know, black folks, we find each other, we kind of immediately yeah. run towards each other. Right. What's your name? Where, where you live? Where, where you in school? Okay, oh my God. You know, yeah. so, a lot of collaboration, a lot of projects got my first book chapter like that so but yeah it's it's been a hard battle and nicole hannah jones who was trying to get tenure at unc mm-hmm. exposed the unc board for the race racism mm-hmm. and and that's kind of like what i need with virginia Jack. It exposed the racism that's going on because they do this routinely to a lot of black students and according to the naacp chapter there there's one professor who routinely kicks black folks out mm-hmm. and nobody's calling them out on it. So I'm kind of heading up that, that effort to try to round up some other folks and see if we can get something done about it. Yeah. Wow. Well, first of all, I mean, just, you know, flowers to you for being one of 10, right? <laughs> and also, you know, the need for you, mm-hmm. right? Like I said before, is is we need more of, of you, right? And people, oh, yeah. and, and people like you, right? Yeah. And narcissism as a dissertation, narcissism, I'm just going to say it right now. That's a whole nother episode. So I'm just going to put that in the space right now. It's a whole nother episode. We could just talk a whole episode about narcissism. Like that's Woo. real. But I do appreciate the work that you do. And I, and sure. one of the reasons I think we connected is because, you know, we were, we were kind of like in each other's, on each other's Facebook pages, doing, you know, seeing each other's content. And there was a lot of synergy and, and particularly in work about talk about trauma and mm-hmm. how in between in our, in our culture, like between black men and black women, there's a lot of trauma talking to trauma. 
trauma marrying trauma, trauma dating trauma, and not people dating people. And so, and it's and it's a result. I mean, you brought up already, like you know, sort of the racism that happens that's happened in UNC, that's in Virginia. Was it Virginia State? Is what you said? Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. That's what it is. Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And and it's it is a result of a culture that we live in, right? It's a whole culture. And so when we internalize this culture, when we internalize, you know, white supremacism culture, dominant culture, some people call it, then we begin to, and, and, and that trauma is passed down from generation to generation, then we are, you know, we're reacting not based on what's in front of us. We're reacting to stuff that's happened long, long, long time ago. It is intergenerational. And the thing is, somebody has to fall on the sword. Here's where me and you come in. Mm-hmm. Because if if you don't fall on that sword, all the intergenerational dysfunction will continue to roll downhill. Mm-hmm. And if everybody sidesteps the, the sword, then the children get it. Right. Yes. There's got to be a place where we draw the line. You know, and it's got to happen. And here's the interesting thing. I love what you said, like somebody has to fall on the sword. It's like the line in the sand, but it's not us that draws the line in the sand. It's the people that come to us that have to draw a line in the sand so that we can assist them in the healing that they need to have, right? So, you know, I think the first step, which I think is happening, is the acknowledgement of the trauma that you know, we, that we've experienced as a culture. Hmm. I mean, like, and I'm talking specific to women, specific to men, not just relegated to what we big picture events, but we got to chunk it down to the very specifics of the trauma that happened with black women, the trauma that happened with black men, and then how that's impacted the relationships, how, you know, we couldn't as black women, like deal with emotions. Cause we had to, they, emotions were not a were they were not a thing also we no, had to survive right we had to survive right yeah. keep the family together right. while our men went and worked in the field and the men well they can't really have emotions either because well if you have emotions and and you show those emotions well then you you, you get dead like that's what happens quickly right very quickly so and you can't run away because that then they call that dreptomania right there's a whole nother show. But a ahead. whole nother show. A whole nother show, right? <laughs> this whole scientific, you know. So, I mean, that, that just just that in and of itself. I mean, there's, there's stuff going back even further, but we could just take those examples of the distinct distinction between the things that Black women experience and the things that Black men experience that led to similar but different traumas. But then you know, back in the day, we didn't talk about that stuff because we couldn't talk about that stuff. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, you just couldn't talk about that stuff. No, it's shameful. Plus it's It's, shameful. It's shameful. And it's like, well, there's no room. There's no bandwidth for it when you're on a plantation, when you're, you know, working for, you know what I'm saying? So there's no bandwidth for that. And then, so when, when, you know, fast forward and we get into, again, the civil rights era and, no bandwidth for that either, right? Because still, what what's happening? Survival. Survival. And when you are surviving, the 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 question that I ask all of my clients is, how do you love yourself? Mm. 
if I am so busy, distracted with surviving, mm. how can I get to know myself? If I don't know how to love myself, I can't be in a love relationship with you. That's right. I can't be. Mm-hmm. How's that work? Right. I don't know how to love me. If, and if I don't know how to love me, I'll make you take care of me mm-hmm. in a destructive entitlement kind of feel. Yeah. And it's so interesting. I don't even believe that. I mean, I mean, obviously I, I, I didn't live back in the day, but I just feel like it would make sense to me that self-love wasn't even a taught thing in our community until very recently, very, very recently. And it even, even, even now it's still, you know, we're, we're like behind the eight ball on teaching self-love, right? We weren't. Oh, it's nascent. I mean, it's, it's, it's emerging. It's, it's, it's coming it's, out. It is. We're starting to, you know, cause I, I, I make all my clients answer that question because you, it's, it's the first question you have to answer. And, and here's the secret to it. If I ask you, how do you love yourself? What I'm really asking you is how do you love your inner child? Yes. Do you know this inner child? Do you know they even exist? Mm-hmm. And 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 to connect the adult with the inner child, that is the beginning of the process. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, because your inner child, that's your talent. That's your creativity. That's the who harbors all of your trauma, all of your memories. Mm-hmm. Your inner child will pick every last one of your dates and they will all be the exact same thing of that person in the past mm-hmm. who gave me the hardest time. Absolutely. Parent, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And or parent or sibling. Right? <laughs> and and so yeah, that's so true. I love that that inner child like the and that inner child housing the trauma. Sometimes that that person is the parent. Like the the inner child is the trauma the trauma that's contained within the parent passed down into the inner child. And then you got to go back and love, you know, that part, right? Forgiveness. Oh. Of, it's interesting, like where forgiveness of parents comes into play in this, Ooh. right? So in the work I do, there is a lot of going back in generations to forgive past generations for the stuff that they passed down knowing that they did the best they can with the resources that they had. Now, given that they did the the best they can with the resources they had, that doesn't negate the impact of the trauma because that's the other thing. People will use that as, oh, they were doing the best they can with the resources they have and then invalidate their own emotional experience about it. So the two are not mutually exclusive, right? It's like you can acknowledge that your parents were doing the best they can at, and their grandparents and whoever else, the family of origin, the generations were doing the best they can with the resources they had and acknowledge the impact of the trauma so that the, you know you can begin to look at forgiveness from that standpoint and release those negative emotions, which frees you up, gives you the capacity to even love, right? Yeah, and, and, and forgiveness is tricky because when you when you break down the etymology of the word forgiveness is to give as before mm. so so how how are you going to restore me to that place where we were cool mm-hmm. so it, it, it becomes kind of problematic you know and i've got you know when i can't get forgiveness i go for closure so mm. so let's 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 get some closure around this Let's do the grieving. You know, the most powerful thing a parent can do to a child is apologize. Mm. 
Absolutely. Ooh, say that. <laughs> and say that. So two things. I, I will come back to this. Apologize because that was a good one. What if forgiveness is closure? And what if forgiveness comes in layers? See, in the, in the people that I work with, what I see is that people collapse with forgiveness with absolution. If I forgive this person, it means that I'm absolving them of the action, that I'm saying what they did was okay. And I have to like uncollapse that. Forgiveness is for no one else except the person doing the action of forgiving. So what if the forgiveness, the choice, and it's a choice, right? Mm -hmm. What if the action of, or the choice of forgiveness is part of the closure? And I've had clients who say, well, I can forgive, I can start to forgive. I can be willing to forgive. Like that's even powerful as well. I can be willing to start to forgive. And it's a process that can happen over time, mm -hmm. right? And so I, I really get what you say. It's like to give as before. And it's really restoring yourself, restoring your inner child as before, which I believe is possible, <laughs> right? Even mm -hmm. if you can't restore the relationship as before. So the forgiveness is the restoring of oneself as before. And with the inner child work that you do, like I can totally see that being possible. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the only way out is to go back through. And you said that earlier. And and a lot of people, it's, it, I don't want to do that. It's, right. it's too painful. And depending on how volatile those secrets are, mm -hmm. secrets in the family, there are no secrets in the family. Mm -hmm. It's only a conspiracy of silence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the burden bearer of that secret, I'm I'm the one who's stressing about it. Right. And 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 it will show up in my love relationship every time. Now, Absolutely. to go through that five grief stage, five stages of grief. Let's you know, let's go through all five of those mm -hmm. stages, mm -hmm. and and hopefully the forgiveness is to let you off the hook. And if you're with a partner then the task because the relationship becomes the healing place where right. I I can get reparented. There's yeah. I'm carrying some emotional scars that need to be reparented. Right. Those needs are going to come up seven, eight, nine, ten times a year. So right. come up. Men, women, father needs, mother needs. Yeah. And it's up to the other person to recognize it and go, oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. I got you. And you don't have to do it for long. You just have to do it long enough so that that inner child can turn that survival switch off mm. and I don't get triggered that right. part. I yeah, love man. that. Yeah. And here's the other thing about forgiveness, which will take me to the apologize piece. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you don't hold them accountable, right? Like, I think that's the other piece. And we're talking like in relationships, like, yeah, you may forgive them for an action or for as something they said that was hurtful and you can hold them accountable for whatever the new promise is. Now, apologies are powerful, but apologies, there's, a, there's, I always, you know, teach my clients or, and students like the, the, these, and when I do corporate work, I teach this as well, the, this way to apologize that is impactful. It's the way that I like to be apologized to and I'll share it. And then you, I love your feedback on it. So it's 
here's it's the acknowledgement of what was done, the acknowledgement of the impact, right? The impact on the the impact on self, and then the imagined impact on the other person, and then asking for that feedback, right? Mm. And then making a new promise. So I actually teach my son that, and I also do it with him. And if I don't do it, he's like, oh, <laughs> what are the four steps to apology? I'm like, Ugh. but speaking of apology, it's a, it's also another thing that didn't get done, at least in my era. And I'm, I'm, I don't know about your era. My, my parents did never, I mean, they didn't apologize to me. And even to this day, you know, if there's a, a version of an apology that comes from my parents, I'm like, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Right. And so that is something that, again, is part of drawing the line in the sand with, with our generation. I'm starting to hear that, you know, we have to be accountable for when, when we do harm and then also take the steps to change the behavior as well. And when we model that, then the kids pick it up. The kids, when, when the parents, when the, especially if the parents are, are still alive, mm-hmm. if the parents can heal that. Yes it vicariously goes down to the kids mm-hmm. vicariously and, yeah. and it's amazing how that happens so you know especially when i have couples with young kids and they argue in front of the kids i'm like whoa you're, you're handing off you're doing to your kids what was done to you it's, it's autopilot you don't even know you're doing it. it's unconscious yeah and and i'm beginning to are you familiar with the term anniversary reaction you know what? It, I don't, I, I've not heard it, but I can if surmise what it is and it would make sense. I would love for you to d- explain it to our listeners though. So it's kind of like Whitney, Whitney Houston and her daughter. Yes. In yes. the same way. Yes. In the same time, yes. in the same month, yes. in the same, right. So it's, 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 you know, when that, when that anniversary comes around, you, you better watch me. Mm-hmm. So I'm beginning to tie into, so, you know, my parents, you know, my parents got divorced when, when, when I was, 13 right and 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 they stayed they were they were together approximately 13 years i get married right my 13th year you better watch me because i got a program that's running unconsciously that says okay yeah 13 years yeah that's been enough it's time to check out that's so interesting. So I just got, you know, like, you know, you, you, you know, the concept of something, but then you suddenly get something for yourself. That's just, which is why another reason I love these conversations. I'm like, oh yeah, the anniversary action. Like I kind of got a, <laughs> a pattern for myself. Woo. <laughs> I'm real, look, I'm real transparent about my stuff, you know, as well. Yeah, like I got, I've got patterns that, you know, you always have those blind spots, right. They keep popping up. It's like, oh, no, that's why. <laughs> You know, this happens in my dating life or my lack thereof right now. My dating uh, <laughs> life, O-M-G. I keep picking the same, and it's your inner child that does the picking. It's mm-hmm. like you go to a, a, a soiree and, and, and my boy's in the room, and I go, dude. Right. There's hundreds of women in the room, but I am <laughs> dialed in on that one. Right. Because she vibrates at the same frequency right. as my mom. That's Phone right. Structure. That's right. Hair, skin color, glasses, body shape, you name it. And I'm like, right. And the brain, the inner child goes, if she goes, dude, we're going to get the rest of what we should have gotten with her. Right. Let's go. 
and it's right. just like you're on a mission. It's just like a beeline to that person. And you hear it all the time here. I'm in the South. Uh, you ain't do nothing but marry your mama. You ain't do nothing but marry your daddy. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> you're so familiar to me. I'm, I'm so comfortable with you. Yeah. Yeah. Run. <laughs> uh, I can see that being a TikTok. Well, you know, one of the things that the questions I want to ask, I mean, is, is what are the first ways to begin to, for us to heal this? Like, do you think are, are to begin to heal these separate traumas, like preventatively before, I mean, you know, I think, I think a therapist should be like a primary care doctor, like necessity, right? That's what I think. Right. You know, you got your primary care body physician. You got your primary care emotional health, emotional, mental health physician, you know, or doctor. Right. So what are some of the what what do you say is like the first step? Because like already we already said it before is going to be like I think it's gonna be like a three part series, maybe like a four (laughs) or five part. I mean, when you get off, you got to make sure you schedule right away because we're going to get another one in before the end of the year. So what, what do you say are some ways that we can we can start to heal the conversation between us by recognizing that when we get together see once those love hormones wear off dopamine oxytocin vasopressin epinephrine Mm -hmm. once they wear off then we can start having some conversations but unfortunately they usually wear off right after you say i do they they evade your body. They leave your body mm-hmm. right after you say I do it. Then your eyes open, then you can see. Mm-hmm. And so prior to that, you know, it's just having a lot of conversations about, you know, you know, tell me about your back. A lot of people are reluctant to talk about the background. Mm-hmm. It's shameful. If you see who I am, especially if I'm in a dating situation, here's my representative and here I am back here. I'm going to send my representative out front mm-hmm. to hook you. Mm-hmm. And then once you hooked and them love hormones are flowing, this one's going to come in mm-hmm. and it's going to take you in a totally different direction. It's like, so you, you really have to have that conversation about, Hey, tell me about, you know, what was it like for you growing up? And if I can't share that with you, or I've got a lot of shame around that, mm-hmm. especially if, if, if the secrets are explosive, if they're mm-hmm. very volatile, mm-hmm. a lot of people are ashamed of that. So, you know, it's really hard. I, I, I love seeing young couples because if you survive my premarital, you're good to go. Yeah. I'll so, remember that. <laughs> it's tough. When, when, I, when, I, look, when I get to that point, I'll be like, do you do virtual consultations? <laughs> It's tough. It's it, you know I, I I wish that you know I'm 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 really starting to contemplate doing groups mm-hmm. online just to have a whole bunch of little squares and just have people start asking questions yeah. because me and you disseminate this kind of information. It is not known. It is not widely available. We are just coming to parlance in, in into the language of you know therapy or I like calling it coaching. And and, um, and and until I resolve all this stuff with Virginia Tech, I'm doing the coaching thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have to begin to recognize the trauma that I'm carrying, mm-hmm. and we are so the vertical intimacy 
<laughs> vertical intimacy with black women, fantastic. Vertical intimacy with black men is practically non-existent. Mm -hmm. Vertical intimacy with each other is tricky. Mm -hmm. Ever since sex became easier, love got harder to find. Ooh. So yeah. in terms of vertical intimacy between men and women, the first thing we go for, because it feels good, right. the, the pressure to have sex, the, to, yeah. to be close. Yeah. Are you into me? Mm -hmm. Even if it's for 45 minutes, mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Are you into me? And, and and here's where we need to put on the brakes because you can't see after that. Absolutely. All of your faculties are, you know, because Mother Nature wants babies. That's why all those love hormones come up. Right, right. Oops, yeah. baby. So, you know. and, I, and I love that vertical intimacy. So asking questions, love it. Like ask lots of questions. It's interesting because when I used to, like when I was younger and I was dating, I was doing a little bit of the online dating and I would ask those like questions, those real big questions right up front. And one of my friends told me, one of my guy friends were like, and, and the guys, they would answer the questions. Right. So, but it helped me to determine like, okay, you know, I'm a physician. So we do algorithms, right? If you check, yeah, no, go this way. No. Yes. You know, like that was, that was sort of like how I did things. I wouldn't say it's the, you know, the best way, but it, it worked for as long as it worked. But to, to, to ask those questions, one of my guy friends says, well, you shouldn't ask those questions. Those questions are too deep. And I'm like, look, if they can't answer those questions or if they think it's too deep, then they ain't for me. Right. Right. So asking lots of questions up front, being, you know, transparent, having those depth of conversations up front and then and then taking the time for to, to establish that vertical intimacy. I love that as a and recognizing that we have trauma like one doesn't have to know what the actual trauma is to recognize that it's present and i think the next conversation we have is how do we recognize when it's present like you know i think that would be a great conversation like how do we recognize trauma mm. showing up in a relationship mm. i'm gonna write that down mm. it's, it's, <laughs> it's gonna look what what it'll first show up in anger yeah that's the first place you're gonna see it how do I break down? Can I self-soothe? Mm -hmm. Am I just ballistic mm -hmm. and out of control? Yep. Yep. So yep. If I I'm can, literally if writing that down. I really think that's our next topic. That's really a deep conversation to have is how, like, what are the ways that, what are the ways and how do, do we know is showing up? So now we know there is going to be trauma because we all have trauma. Like everybody has experienced some level of it, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's, small repetitive or large large significant e emotional events and then how do we recognize when it's being activated and when it's showing up in conversation with others right the yeah. representative cannot sustain anger the real the one that's back here is going to come out yeah because the representative is all smiles and giggles and exactly. holds the door open and gets to check and it's right. never late always kind words i mean it's, and 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 you know you can get so sucked into that, the representative. But see, once once you pick apart my representative, if, especially if you if you anger me, mm -hmm. representative can't handle that. Yeah. Here comes the real deal. And now you're going to see just how much I'm carrying. Right. And that's why it's so important to ask those questions up front, because that, you know, it'll it'll activate what it activates and you'll get to see how the person handles their emotions Trigger. right away right away you're gonna get, you know? right you're going to hit those triggers and this, this is what i'm telling young folks now 
is to find somebody like you. That 80-20 rule, okay, I can deal with 20% what the rule, okay. Mm -hmm. But 80% of the time, it's fairly consistent. So I I do a Mm Myers-Briggs. I look at the personalities. How well do we mesh? Yes. Yes, I love that. Love, love, love. Well, so I think that, so we already have a part two and a part three because we're going to talk about narcissism too. So we already got a three-part series here. I'm writing it down. (laughs) And, And in the meantime, in between time, I'd love for you to tell our audience how they can reach out to you if they are, if they want some, some therapy, like or some coaching, I know that you prefer the term coaching. They want some, some coaching slash therapy for relationship or they're preparing for a relationship or premarital. How do they reach out to you? Relationshipcoach.pro is the website and it, it has all the little squares that you may be interested in and you click on the square and it takes you down to send me your contact information. I'll follow up with you. All of my sessions are two hours. If you are navigating divorce, if you're doing that deep, you know, that inner child work, mm-hmm. you know, that, that 50 minute, oh, I'm sorry. We're going to have to pick back up here next week. I said yeah. when I was in grad school, I would never do that to anybody. Mm-hmm. And so the two hour session has become standard and so now and i get i get referrals from it so oh yeah y'all y'all need to talk to lynn because he you know two i've gone two it's gone three hours i've yeah. been in session four hours yeah i've been in session five hours yeah depending on the work we're getting done so you don't have to keep coming back and getting little bits of it because in a week's time some new stuff is going to crop up and you're going to come in and okay let's go back to where we were well no i got this new thing at work you know mm-hmm. i'll tell you what's going on so Two hours is enough. And and if we have to go over, that's fine too. So awesome. So we have, we're gonna just for the audience, we have Lynn's information here, relationshipcoach.pro. You're here you're on Twitter, handle love.lynn. You're on Instagram, relationship coach pro, and you're on Facebook, love coach Lynn, L-U-V Coach Lynn, right? <laughs> And I, are you on LinkedIn as well? No, not on LinkedIn. Not on LinkedIn. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you got the website. All of that's going to be in the show notes, y'all. So reach out to him if you need it and stay tuned because there will be more conversations between us. This is such a needed, necessary topic. And so Lynn, I just want to thank you just for the, the opening for the opening of the conversation, right? This is just, I love these kind of conversations, especially with men, because these are, we model, we model what needs to happen. Yes, yes. So. And, and breaking and breaking these patterns before they get to the child. I'm, I'm really a child advocate. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm really fighting for. Mm-hmm. I, I know what it's like to go through, you know, my parents separating. That's half of who I am. Yeah, I see. And that half of me just went out the door. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Mm-hmm. That's another show. But anyway. Whole, I know, right? <laughs> Woo! We got so many shows. We may as well just start a whole podcast together. <laughs> yeah. You can become my permanent co-host, you know? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, people have questions. Mm-hmm. And, and when they feel safe enough to a- ask those questions, I- I'll-, I'll tell them. Yeah. Tell them. 
Well, that's a that's an idea actually. Well, we'll you know we'll talk offline about that because you spur, you spurring a lot of ideas. You know, my creativity starting to be like bling 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 bling. So um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity for more conversations. And so you guys go check out Lynn Relationship Coach Pro and stay tuned for our next one. It was great to talk with you. And for all of you out there, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you on the next episode. Namaste. Hey, thanks for listening. Remember, I want you to apply these principles in your life every day. But also, I want you to share this podcast with others in your life who you think it could help, a friend, a colleague, or family member. And remember, go hit the subscribe button so you will know when our next episode is released. Finally, I'd really appreciate if you did me a favor and left a review. It really lets others know that this podcast can make a difference in their life as well. See you on the next episode.